swear to God. Dude, it's just getting my kids to sit in front of it is a hot mess. Okay, invite more people. Cappy. I'll zoom back up. This isn't it. I won't X out this time. Wait. Haste. <laughs> so ridiculously slow. Did you get it? Now, how do I know it's going to save it? That's the problem. Um, like, are we just hanging out or it says recording? Hold on. Let me pull up another tab and see if I can get the last one. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Crime Library. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jesse. And this week, we're covering Small Sacrifices, a true, the true crime story of Diane Downs by, by Anne. Anne Rule. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, by Anne Rule. <laughs> by Anne Rule. When we tried to come up with our next book, I wanted to do this, and it was an Anne Rule book, and Sarah wanted to do an Anne Rule book. So we ended up doing this. We're like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. This I'm, one's like a pretty well-known case. Yeah, I was just going to say Diane Downs. It's like, so yeah. you can say Diane Downs and even people who don't like, are not interested in true crime are going to know who Diane mm -hmm. Downs is. Exactly. So we felt and it was a good People a good are going to know who Anne Rule is too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two very well-known women. One for terrible reasons. One for great reasons. I mean, for, I mean equally terrible in some ways because she writes apparently a shitload of true crime. Which well, I yeah, but it's like know. her thing. <laughs> I know, but like, yes. But it's still kind of terrible. Like, we're yeah. kind of terrible. Everything's I mean, a little bit terrible in the circle of true crime. Now. It's true. It's true. So, just saying. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah, that's why we picked this one. And I have to tell you, I have to ask you a question before we get started. Okay. I know you weren't super into Teen Mom, but literally since I have seen Janelle Evans on the Oh my TV, gosh, that's crazy don't they that you're look, bringing this up. Don't they look exactly like... I was going to talk like, about that. Yeah. They look... And it's scary because Janelle Evans' parenting style scares me. Oh my gosh, true. But... Like the way they talk, their yeah. eyebrows especially, but that oh, could be the, like, like non-existent ones. But like their sh shape of their like yeah. lips, like I know I had look to so look up pictures to remind myself of like what this woman looked like. And then like as I'm looking at her, I saw an article where people were talking about that, and I was like, I need to bring this up to Jesse because you know, literally since <laughs> I saw, I was like, she looks exactly like Diane Downs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's scary, and the parallels in personality is a little yeah, bit, a little bit funny, scary. Funny, there. but anyways, all right. So let's let's get to the main question, <laughs> which is, did you like the book? I did like the book. I am glad that I liked the book too because <laughs> I like we just were talking about with Anne Rule. It's something. It's a name you I've always heard, and now that we're digging like into true crime more, not true crime novels, I should say. Uh, I feel like it's a name we're going to, like, keep yeah, hearing. Yeah, she's going to come up a lot, um, yeah. So I was happy that I enjoyed her writing and 
it's also a case that we've talked about we know pretty well um but it was yeah. still interesting because even though i did like know the case i obviously didn't know everything about it because i was not even alive when it was happening but i got so i got a lot of information and i didn't feel like it was super one-sided although it probably was but i think that's also just because i don't like diet as a person Fair so enough. it might have been one-sided and i'm just was just blind to it but i yeah. didn't feel like it was one-sided i think you can never tell when you're unless it's super blatant when your opinion maybe differs i think you can never tell when you're reading a book if it's because you're only getting one side. That yeah. So it's kind whatever of human facts nature. are being presented to you, you're gonna be like, that makes total sense. I yeah. think I'm seeing everything, and like this person obviously did it. But yeah, no, I agree. I think um, Andrew Wool did a good job. I mean, like I'll say that I enjoyed the fact that we knew what happened in this book. There was yeah. no like, wait, what? Even because uh -huh. Diane changes her story so much, even <laughs> with all of that you still there's a through line and like you know what happens and there's no mm -hmm. guessing and confusion and all over the place messiness it was a lot of detail though it was like, a lot of i detail. didn't need to know what the officer that arrived first looked like the officer arrived second that's very like, true we never meet these people again and yeah. she describes everyone and i get and like what like they're a, wearing <laughs> yeah exactly and like she's trying to set up and build a world which is fine but the amount of detail she goes into lost me a lot, especially at the beginning. And I was super worried. I was, this book took me longer than most books to read. It yeah. was just heavy and dense for me. Mm -hmm. I could not see just that. the subject matter. Like that, that was awful, but the writing in general took me a little bit longer. And I felt kind of what you were saying. You didn't want to feel, I felt like this is Anne rule. I'm supposed to be like, right. Blown away. And I just, was wasn't. not that I didn't like it. I did like it. Yeah. It just wasn't. Maybe, and that could be, like, straight up to me and what, like, everything's a little bit crazy in my life right now, so that might have been it, or I really didn't enjoy the amount of detail I on, on that. I'm not a big, like, heavy detail, because I feel the same. Like, once it's too much, it takes me out. Yeah. So I definitely know what you're saying there. Uh, it's hard to a lot of the time in, in the court like when we get to the court and stuff she describes what diane is wearing and it's yeah. like every single time and it's like okay like yeah, I, but get that, I can understand a little bit just because she's setting that scene and we do see yeah, diane and she's exactly. a major so that i can some of the stuff i was fine with even though like you're saying it's repetitive it's repetitive but some of the other stuff i'm like there's literally no actual reason for yeah you to add when that it's just like a paragraph of her ex-husband looking like the... a model and why he looked yeah. like a model and i'm like okay <laughs> we'll get cool to that. Like... <laughs> no and again, i 100 what you're saying there yeah so i don't i didn't not enjoy it i didn't love it like i have like i yeah. wanted to love it mm -hmm. i um, think more my favorite parts of her writing was probably like the investigative side of it because then i did want like that detail so I yeah, think that's I mean, you're was, talking about like when she gets to what maybe probably actually happened yeah. or okay. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. um, okay, that's what I enjoyed the most. But I think it's also you because a lot feel, of it was. I didn't feel that like, I think the main thing I enjoyed was that it was a, a well planned out and like, like I said, not all over the place. Book. It was not she all knows, over the place. She knows which how to write the, a story. She so. does. Yeah. 
and we don't get that, <laughs> get that a lot in the books we've been reading. Yeah. Um, especially when they are, like, I feel like we love our books that are um, personal like stories yeah, because there is a, a certain, <laughs> there's a, not a uh-huh. whole lot of all over and because they're amazing and the authors tend to be really great, but it's hard to do that for a story that's not your own. So I yeah. think she did a really good job there. I agree. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So overall, I enjoyed it. I would read another <laughs> annual book. You said you would? I would read another annual yeah, book. Yeah, I think I might give at least one more a try because mm-hmm. she has a billion. So yeah. maybe I might yeah. want to <laughs> swing back around there. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, maybe, like I said, it's a different time. Maybe I was I'll about to say it it's also dated too. Like, yes. The, even the writing style, it's not as. Yeah, but I didn't feel that bad. Like, the writing style was pretty okay for it being in the 80s. I think just because of the time period, I maybe felt more so. Because it was reminding me a little bit of Who Killed My Daughter. But I think it's just because, like, some of the descriptions and some of this. Yeah. And just because of that time period. So maybe that's one of the reasons I, like, feel See, that 80s way. 80s doesn't seem that far back to me. I'm okay with it. It's when we get into, like, um, in cold blood territory. Yeah, I mean, that That I can't, I, I kind of shut off, and I, like, have nothing to relate to that. So yeah. it's, it's harder for me to read stuff from that time period. Mm-hmm. The 80s doesn't seem that far, and that's my own ridiculousness. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it happened. I wasn't even alive, so we were I don't not know alive. I'm saying, like, <laughs> it's not that long ago, but it's literally... <laughs> over my life <laughs> yeah over 30 years ago this happened uh all right so let's talk anyway, about the yes <laughs> let's talk about the book and the story and the, let's talk about the shit do we have to <laughs> i mean diane downs talks enough about diane oh my downs gosh for the whole guys world, but yeah we have to we have to start it okay so elizabeth diane downs diane downs as we all know her, was born in 1955 to Wes and Willa Dean Fredrickson. And I just want to know how you feel about Wes and Willa Dean as names. We'll get to them as, as names. As names. <laughs> I don't mind Wes as a name. I think Willa Wes. Dean. Willa I don't Dean. mind Willa Dean, actually. Willa Dean. I would shorten it to Willa, for sure. Right. But I don't mind it that as much as it's I It's very country. Some, I think it reminds yeah, it me very. of... Uh, I never mind. I'm not going to mention her name because ugh, she loves butter. Um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Paula Dean. Oh, Paula Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about someone who is like actively in our private life. No, no, no. Just because she's No, canceled. that makes sense. I don't like her. <laughs> but no. That makes it's just sense. a very okay. country house name. So It is Willity. a very, yes. Yeah, Willa Dean. It is country, but I don't mind it as much as I mind other ones. But you're the name expert, so I want. We got now that names. we know how you feel about them. Yeah, with the names, let's talk about them as people. Oh my god, they! I think they're my favorite people in the entire world. Can we stop? And, and they, I'm literally just uh, doing this off memory, so you have to correct me. But I know that she was 15, right? Uh huh. Or was she 17 when they got married? I'm pretty sure one. It was like. She was 15 and he was like 24 or something like that. Oh, okay. They're super young. Yeah, I don't yeah, know that. Yeah, he was super young and he was a man at this point. He was definitely in his 20s and she was definitely a teenager. 
I hope 17, because even though that's still grimy, at least it's one ounce less grimy. <laughs> she was 17, he was 25. Oh, God. Okay, so Weston Willadine got married when she was 17 and he was 25. So she was a child and he was an adult. Yes. He was halfway and to, oh, my God. like He was halfway, yes. Yeah. Midway through his 20s to 30s. That's what I'm trying to, like, say. He was he's almost 30 years and old. And she was a teenager. And she was a teenager. <laughs> she was a teenager. <laughs> he was a baby. Anyways, so that's gross and it's there's so many things gross about it. And we have to kind of skip through them a lot because it yeah, there's so much to get through. But yeah. uh Wes was just a shithead as a dad and a husband, but like yes. in a way that was presented as him being the leader of the household yeah. and the authority and like the stand-up guy that put everybody in their place and like just took care of everyone by being strict and, and in that stereotype of doing good things mm-hmm. by doing bad things. And Willa Dean literally just followed all of her life. Yeah. Like probably because she was a child and she was probably taught to follow. Yes. I'm guessing. Yeah. She was probably lived in a similar type household. Right. So she never really stood up when Wes was like super strict with their kids, mm-hmm. which is a problem onto itself. But then we get, through um diane's childhood and there's like a whole this book spends a gross amount of time on is diane ugly is diane pretty is <laughs> diane ugly is diane pre- and not just diane like they spend time on other people's mm-hmm. appearances too and i get that it is a large factor i guess rolling my eyes into like her sexuality and how that played a right. part into motive of things but I didn't like it. I didn't like no, it. No, I agree. But she was going through her childhood as maybe an ugly kid and then eventually grew up to be this, like, beautiful woman who didn't know she was beautiful because she was an ugly kid. But along the way, Wes started to sexually abuse her. But mm-hmm. I guess not in, like, full sexual abuse. Yeah, according any- to Diane in this book, he never uh, had – like full intercourse on sex. yes yeah. intercourse um non-consensual sex i should say there was no like penis inserted but there was other molestation was like, yeah a touching and groping and like inappropriate talking and like mm-hmm. it went on over a period of time because willa dean used to work at night yeah and west was like in charge of the kids and then there's there really was a um heart-wrenching scene about how it all stopped when a cop had, yeah like, pulled them over after diane broke down and was like you're killing me you're killing me and tried to throw herself out of a car in the middle of the desert and this cop pulls her dad to the side and was like talking to him and then it just magically like stops mm-hmm. but then it's just like a blatant fact that sits between her and her dad but not between the rest of the family but yeah she never comes, like, tells anybody so nobody Until all this happens yeah. and then it, it just becomes like accepted. He never ever says when she yeah. starts saying this and he never ever says, No, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never the like mom acknowledges eventually it. when she finds out says, No, I don't think he did that. But the dad never says, I didn't do that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's a whole that. mess of a thing. Um so you can <laughs> I did I never I'm not going to say I never sympathized with – in her adult years, I never once had an ounce of sympathy for right. her. In her teenage years, or in her younger years, I did. And I yeah. could see how 
Like, you know, because you want to dissect people Mm -hmm. and figure out why they do the terrible fucking things they did. It does seem like this abuse from her father, not just the sexual abuse, but, like, how he raised her, Mm -hmm. set her off to, like, crave a certain uh, kind of attention and love for men that she oh, never got. Oh, for sure. Which then leads into this bigger yeah. scheme of You could kind of is. see where some of her patterns with men might have stemmed from. Come from Definitely. Her like, da- we're talking daddy issues on a, a high level yes, here. exactly. Like, her whole life was built around daddy issues. Yeah. And I understood it in some ways. Like, when you're abused as a kid, or even if you have an abusive, not necessarily physical but like an abusive relationship with your parents you do end up wanting and craving like relationships that fix that and because and i think it kind of froze her in mentality because she does just seem like a pre-peasant girl with these men and in life in general exactly like Like that high school Uh uh-huh yeah i need to like impress them and we'll get into a little bit more but like use my sexuality in that way yeah and well, I mean, we can go right into that. <laughs> okay. Like, we don't know a whole lot other that's than... That's true. I mean, that is most of... Her childhood. That's what we That's, get, like, the that important that chunk of it. Yeah. And then she rebels a little bit, but she's also... It's brought up a billion times how smart she is on paper. Like, yeah, smart. Um, and she doesn't... She always has, like, a plan to take her smarts farther, but doesn't ever really put in the effort. I think she mm-hmm. thinks... It's just going to get her there by her being smart. Yeah. Um. So she graduates high school, goes to this, like, Christian college or some religious college. Yeah. Kicked out for being promiscuous. And all this time, she's also in a relationship with her future husband, Steve. Yeah. Who is Steve Downs, and that's how she gets her gets last her. name. Mm-hmm. My head hurts from the Steve and Diane of it all. Uh. They meet in high school. Then he goes away. And then she goes to this college and gets kicked out. So, and they're both obviously seeing other people. But then he comes back and they are seeing each other and are going to get married because she stays the night at his house and her dad, like, demands that they get married. Yeah. And they're children. <laughs> they're 18 at this time. Yeah. The timeline, the things that happen are – the timeline's clear in the book. But the things that happen seem like they should have stretched out over years but didn't. They but all didn't. happen, like – yeah. Back to back to back. In the so scheme of married. things, it's not that much time. Yeah, they get married and, like, almost instantly she has Christy. Yeah. And then she has Cheryl. Yeah. And then they're back and forth, like, the whole time. He's, from day one, like, seeing other people. And she says she doesn't for a while. But then they break up or get back. I don't I don't remember how yeah, she's very on him. Yeah, it's a very, with or without the, like, physical abuse that does transpire between them because they are right. both physically abusive they towards both, each other. Yeah, yeah it's um, toxic. And the it's whole not. thing is just toxic, even without yeah. that aspect. So you can there. only imagine like when you add that to it, how yeah, we're talking literally anything you can think of in a toxic relationship. There's like pregnancies that didn't really need to be there because you yeah, don't need to bring and she, it. there's she got pregnant with Christy, her first child, because she wanted a baby. She didn't consult with him first. She was using birth control and then just stopped taking it. Decided. And that's and, a very big theme in her life is that yeah. I'm going to take control of this. Yes. I'm going to – her whole 
goal in being pregnant is that she wanted unconditional love. And she yes. thought that this is what I'm going to get. I'm going to create this yeah. being that loves me and only exactly. me. She didn't feel like Steve me. truly loved her. So she said, you know what? I'm going to have a baby so the baby could love me. And when you're in a marriage, it's obviously sometimes you get pregnant and neither one of you are expecting it. But if you're on birth control and you're thinking about having a baby, you should probably consult with your partner. Yeah, that's 100% um, in a marriage because it's just – it's important to both of you, um, especially – No, I think (laughs) conceiving a baby without someone else's active participation is a form of sexual assault to me because you are taking something from them that they are not agreeing to give you. Exactly. And like if both. she missed the pill and it happened accidentally, right. it'd be one thing. But she deliberately stopped taking it and didn't say anything, um, which, yeah, it's not it's not very cool by any means. Yeah, and it's not even – we'll get to it, but it's not the first or last time she deliberately gets pregnant and doesn't tell the people that she's getting pregnant by. Mm-hmm. So she has Christy. Christy's like this golden baby to her. Yeah. But she still doesn't – even with Christy being such a good baby, she doesn't connect with her in the way that you should as – a parent giving something to a child. She's only taking from Christy. Mm-hmm. And she has Cheryl, who's like colicky and not as like golden, quote unquote, as Christy. Right. She's, she's more like fussy. Yeah. And... She's just, first of all, second kids are like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say in general. <laughs> she's I, a baby. So. She's a baby. She's a regular baby. And she just needed a little bit more from Diane. And Diane didn't want to give her that because it wasn't about what. Diane could give Cheryl. It was about what Cheryl could give Diane. Uh huh. So at this point, she's kind of like, I'm done having kids for now. And her and Steve again, often, I can't even tell you the actual times they're off and on because yeah. there is so many. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember exactly where in the story they are literally up until she's convicted of um, the crimes that we'll get to. Is he like, Oh, I'll give her another chance. Oh, I won't give her another chance. I mean, that's pretty much from what it sounds like exactly how it is. They're like, we're going to reconcile. We're not going to reconcile. He loves me. I love him. But he knows it's a whole mess, the whole situation. So she actually does end up getting pregnant again for a third time Mm -hmm. and has an abortion. Yes. And then feels some kind of way about having – she's fine with it at first. Yeah, at first she's she's fine with it. And then she, like, stumbles upon – a right to life booth, uh, which it's those people who like are probably outside abortion clinics. Like your baby has fingernails or whatever they say. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's from that movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Baby has fingernails. (laughs) But, and then all of a sudden she's like, Oh no, I murdered my child. Right. So, and then she goes and (laughs) funny how she thinks that quote unquote, replaces this child with another man outside of her husband. She's still technically married and they're working it out, but not working it out. But Steve is like, I don't want any more kids. Oh, he got a vasectomy. Yeah. She she, didn't she make him get the vasectomy? I think she did after her. And then she got pregnant because he didn't go back to the doctor and the first vasectomy failed. So they were trying (gasps) to prevent it. That's what happened. And the first vasectomy failed, and she was like, well, you should have went back to the doctor. So she got the abortion, and then all this happened. This is going to sound so awful, but there are so many pregnancies in it and babies in this that I was confused. But yes, you're absolutely right. And then – so he goes and gets his second gets vasectomy, second. and it's Which again, successful. 
Can we pause there though? Because yeah. that is literally my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> that next fucking yeah. sector. Like, yeah. And reading that, I was like, oh my god, Fuck. it's true. It does happen. It's, okay, it happens. Anyway, um, so she does. He gets the second vasectomy. Yeah, and, and then tr- she wants him to reverse it. Yeah, he won't. It's smart. Like one of the few smart decisions <laughs> that Steve Downs makes in his entire. He's fucking like, no, life. like you. This is what you wanted. <laughs> I know. I've done it twice. <laughs> like this is staying. It's at, we're done. We're done having. Don't get kids. me wrong. I am firmly in the camp that vasectomies are much easier than fucking. Oh, one hundred percent. But if you have to get your balls cut open twice just to do that, you're not getting it done a third time just so she can have another it's, baby. Yeah, I mean, he's like, no, bitch. No. no. So he makes a it's one smart decision. She goes But then she's like, you know guy. what? Yeah, I don't really need you. So she, she literally, literally like, talks about these things as inseminations. Yeah, she does. And she also like scopes out these guys that she works with, yeah. with and tries to find like the perfect specimen to conceive her it's child, so dirty and nasty so the way she <laughs> describes these things it creeps me the fuck out on top of everything else about her that and this out, woman but- is so like i don't even know the word i want to say but i'm trying to think of a word but i'm just gonna say it like this she's like so on top of it she tracks her cycles over cycles yes and like yes. Knows she's so when- obsessed with it yes she's so obsessed with having another baby that yes yeah, and she's like the whole time she's like i'm so fertile i can just and have she, babies all the time and I she mean, actually she's is. pretty I much mean, not, like yeah. always right about it because but she goes and gets knocked up when she knows yeah. she's like i'm fertile and goes and has she sex and then gets pregnant nurse instead of a goddamn psycho well, I mean, she wanted her to be a doctor. Last baby in this time period. Yes. Danny, which is the little boy. We got to move on because there, there's yeah. so much. In <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're just. No. There's and just Danny so- is not biologically Steve's, but Steve's. he because is. Because he's a boy. Steve's like, you know boy, what? Steve loves him. So <laughs> in this weird game of because it is literally a giant fucking game to her yeah sometimes she's okay with danny the actual father having him and sometimes she takes yeah, him the away actual, and sometimes the she's okay with still has like a relationship with danny for the time yeah. that they're in arizona yeah and then sometimes she gives him to like steve to take care of yeah and sometimes so it's just steve like you said it really is just all a game and sometimes she leaves to go join the military and sometimes oh yeah she's that's in, right in fucking school to be a doctor and sometimes like literally and this is happening in short years yeah this is they're all the kids are all very close in age danny's a little bit farther yeah the girls are like only a year apart and then Mm -hmm. danny's like four years i think so yeah around that um, so I think he was three, and I think Cheryl was seven. Yeah, Cheryl was seven, and Christy was eight. So yeah, so he's about four years mm-hmm. difference. Um, but still not a super super large age gap. No, and to um, think about there was another pregnancy in the middle yeah. of that, so it wasn't even. But then a after break. Danny, she's like, you know what? I know the perfect way. To get my money because she wants a divorce from Steve and she needs money. She doesn't have money. So she thinks she figures out the perfect way because she loves being pregnant. So she sees And she knows she's good at it for lack of a better fucking word. She is good at being pregnant. Um, She uh, 
sees this sees like news story, story yeah, mm-hmm. and about um, IVF and surrogacy, surrogate mothers, and uh, she applies. And right. she just literally writes in as like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm good to be a surrogate. If you and this does sound very 80s, like you could not do that today. No, but she just she's like, hey, I could I could be your surrogate. And then she's like, I have three children with blonde hair and blue eyes, and I'm totally healthy, and my my marriage is totally fine, and yeah. everything's my totally great. So on board, with and this. I had a miscarriage, not an abortion, yeah. and it's it's totally fine. And but part of this uh fucking what interviewing process i guess is that mm-hmm. you have to go through psychological yeah. evaluations and she fails twice yeah. but but because it's such a privatized and money-making thing they kind of just the first time they're like we'll retest second time they're like oh it was her husband making her a little yeah. crazy so yeah. she's okay let's inseminate yeah. her she's and, they and they do and they do and they do and, and one of the things question. they were concerned about was would Diane give the baby? Yes, that's exactly what I was um, just going to say. There's a question of would she give it up? Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, she's fine with it. Yeah. Surprising. And that says to me that it's not – it literally is about being pregnant and the attention and the the feelings that she gets out of being pregnant right. and giving birth and the attention that people give her, not about actually it, having That's kids. 100%. Because there are plenty of surrogate mothers out there. We're not saying if you are a surrogate mother and you've helped other people have children that you're this, like, cold-hearted, you don't care about no, no, the baby. No, no, no. This is just – It's literally just, just Diane. It's Diane, all this stuff. And, like, you were just saying, like, it's just – it's just about her and the attention she's getting. Uh, Cause she even talks about the birthing experience, how they're in the room with her and crying and it's this beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. she hadn't had that type of experience before giving birth. Which I can, un- in a normal person, I can understand. Yeah. Like that's maybe a, you had a exactly. shitty relationship and, and like this gave you something to give but to someone else. But it wasn't because they were doing like a- this beautiful thing. It right. was because she was giving like, them. Yeah, thing she, she liked was, the control and she liked the yeah uh, like attention in her mind it. it wasn't like oh yeah we're celebrating this beautiful baby oh we're celebrating me for mm-hmm. having this beautiful yes. baby and that's exactly. like the huge difference there yeah so she does that she gets cut a check for having this kid and then she starts to work at the post office which is a big thing in her life because her dad was the postmaster which when yeah. I read that I was like that's a real fucking thing it's a <laughs> like, real thing so he's a poster master, and apparently that brings, like, a lot of political clout, too. That's something we'll get into later. But uh, she starts working at the post office in Arizona. Her parents live in a different state at this time. They live in Oregon. So she starts working at the post office, but she's going to school, so she gives the kids to Steve and doesn't see them for a while. Yeah, sometimes they're just home alone. Sometimes they're left alone, like Christie's – or, no, Cheryl's left on the porch – yeah. While Danny's being watched and Christy's in school and like people take care of her kids and she just doesn't give a fuck about them. Yeah. And sometimes they're in her life and sometimes they're not. Some like they're yeah. uprooted a million times. These yeah, poor it's a very tossed around. Inconsistent, unhealthy environment for a child to be in. Yeah. Uh regardless of any <laughs> like fighting or this or that, uh just that in itself. Right. The back Even and if forth, you had the, the back most loving parents yeah. being shunted around from place it's, to place. It's just not healthy for a child that young. Yeah. <laughs> for any child probably, but especially that young where their brain is like yeah. still they don't understand fully forming. any of it. 
any of for it. a lot of it any of it so then she starts having like she's been sleeping with a bunch of men which i'm not if we're slut shaming it's just that for diane it's about the control the control the power. power that she mm-hmm. gets over other people it's not about like a consensual enjoyment of this activity yeah and she even says that that she doesn't even really enjoy sex. Oh yeah, yeah. Like she straight up is like, I've so, never. Yeah, one hundred percent. But she has it a but... million fucking times with a million different people to get. It's a it's a manipulation tool for her yeah. because a lot of these guys are married men. Yeah, and she likes that attention and cheese and like. And I think I she know. likes feeling like, oh, these men would leave their wives for me. Right. It goes back to her feeling like she was an ugly kid. Uh-huh. And she, now she feels like she's hot shit, which is fine, but, like, in a not, not okay way. And she a, takes exactly. it out on other people. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, a owning her body and owning who she is. It is a, what can I do with this to make other people's lives miserable? Yep. And it's just all gross. It's fucking gross, all of it. And I can't, like, not yeah. here for slut shaming, but I can't, like, not, yeah. not dislike that. So, uh, one of the men that she eventually sleeps with is Lou Lewiston. Woo! How do you feel about that name? Oh, Lou, my gosh. We have Diane Downs and Lou Lewiston. Those double names, bro. Because, like, there's that musical artist, Phil Phillips. <laughs> and it's like, I mean. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. The 80s Lou was Lewiston, a time for just... alliteration, apparently. And that's like even just more than alliteration. Who Diane Downs, but then like you have Lou Lewiston, and it's literally L E W L E W L E W. Yeah. So it's just like, why you thought you were being funny? Like I just don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know why you're. She falls like head over heels for this guy, and even that's so hard to say because it's like. Because she's still sleeping with other people, and he's married. He's straight up married. He says from the very beginning, this is a fling. It's not. At first, she wasn't even into him. Like, it was her, Lou, and this other dude that would, like, always be on the same, like, route or whatever. So they spent a lot of time together. And she was, like, trying with the other dude, but then he kind of shot her down. And she literally said. No, they had, like, a thing. Yeah, but not any. Yeah. It, it was like a one-time thing, but I think she wanted yeah. to do it again, and he was like, "Nah," and she's like, "Well, I guess I'll just go. <laughs> I guess I'll just go for Lou then." Like that's literally yeah, what literally she said. said that. Yes, and then she went and for Lou, and this whole like thing happened. But like you said, she was still sleeping with other guys. He's married. She's back and forth with Steve. He's married, and he says to her like, "Hey, it's just a fling. It's not of like an affair." But all of that gets messed up because he says all this stuff and goes back and forth just like she does of oh it's just, it's not that it big gets a deal. to the point where he eventually rents an apartment and moves right. out so of his home with his, his wife. wife for a little his wife is like holding on to him for dear life even though she finds out that he's cheating on her because diane gives them gut gonorrhea i'm pretty sure yeah uh-huh in the process of trying to get pregnant again through sur- surrogacy, she oh, that's right. has She's to go. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, she has to go and um, get like tested and stuff. And she tells him right before he leaves, like, "Oh, you might want to tell your wife that you slept with other people and gave me gonorrhea." <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, "You're the only person I'm sleeping with other than my wife." Um, if he was even still sleeping with his wife at that point, so he knew he got it from Diane. 
And he tells his wife on his birthday, hey, by the way, I'm cheating on you. And you have gone. And you have have gone. And this woman still is like, no, that is my man. Like, I'm not trying trying to knock Nora, but she doesn't let go for fucking anything. And she's going to hold on to for dear life. And there is just a mess of time where they just sometimes Lou is with Diane and sometimes he's with Nora and he cuts his relationship off with Diane, but then he moves out of Nora's house and then he's back with Diane. Yeah. Just so fucking ridiculous. Um, there's two important things that I want to get to with that one, just another quick thing on the surrogacy. Cause she is trying to go be another surrogate mother, but then she also decides that she wants to like open her own surrogacy business because oh, yeah. <laughs> she sees how much money that, she could make. Do you realize how many times we say, oh, yeah, because we're remembering that <laughs> oh, yeah. there's so much information. Um, yeah, there's a lot in this book. But it's this, like, to me, it's just kind of because she – we said it in the beginning. She is – she's smart, but mm-hmm. she is not – like, she's never ran she's a business she's before. Not, yeah, she's no, not a she doctor. She doesn't apply her smarts to anything. There's a lot like, you have to do to – run a business of that sort to own that type of company to get mm-hmm. clientele to get doctors to get all these things and yeah, she, she and her sister about that yeah she like, doesn't care about any of that because she's using her and her sister as yeah and they surrogates. just and they like fake these interviews where they're playing different people it's and she mess. just has this thing where she's like i'm gonna run the company and i'm gonna be a surrogate so i'm gonna get like 75 percent of this profit it yeah. ends up not going anywhere. It fails because she doesn't um, – again, it's – that she's smart, but she thinks it's just going to happen because she's smart. Yeah, you know, you exactly. have to actually do something. And then with the Lululiston, uh, Lululiston and Nora <laughs> Lululiston. have talked about not wanting children. Oh, not wanting – yes. And Lou truly had a vasectomy. in his heart. Yeah, and he does not want to be a father. And Yeah, he had a vasectomy really young. Yeah. So he made the decision. Yeah, and, and he was him fine and with Nora, it. Nora were both was fine like, with it. Exactly. It's something they talked about and agreed upon and were okay with. And Nora um, never – I mean, well, she couldn't because Lou had a vasectomy. But, but anywho. Um, that becomes a driving factor. Yes. That Lou, it's a part an of important what, component. Yeah, <laughs> part of what the big deal is supposed to be is that Lou is very upfront and doesn't really – he doesn't play any kind of active role in her kid's life. He yeah. doesn't even pretend to be an active role. According to him, her, he spent, like, a very small amount of time with them. Like, yeah. he probably met them, like, maybe a handful of times. Like, I don't think he spent any extended period of time with her kids. No. Other and than maybe just, like, hey – we can be a family mm-hmm. or uh, how do you know that you don't like my kids? And then her plan changes to, I'm going to buy this big house and I'm going to live in one side of it with you. And the kids are going to be with the nanny and the other side of it. And you just never see them. They won't be there. <laughs> and, and none of that is fucking logical. Like, no, especially <laughs> for someone who claims like her kids are her world. Yeah, and the only reason she wants them when she wants them, she gives them away and pulls them back, is because it's about controlling them. Exactly. And controlling everyone else. Exactly. With it's them when because... she needs something from them that they're yeah. important to her. So somehow, I don't even remember at this point because they've broken up 6,000 times, but mm-hmm. somehow she thinks, I think they take a trip. Lou and Nora take a trip. And uh, Diane thinks that, okay, this is actually going to be a yeah, time where yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah. divorced. Mm-hmm. So she puts in a transfer for Oregon where her parents are and she does actually end up going there and 
the, like the day she moves to Oregon is the day where Lou's like, okay, she's like her hold has been broken on me. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's not here. To he talk said me like into once she was her. actually gone, he like literally felt. Yeah, he said like she stopped like talking broken. and he didn't His have to mind listen to cleared. her talk. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Lou's done with literally just done with her. Like yeah. before. He says before she leaves that he does say, like, maybe I'll go to Oregon with you. He's moved out of his house at this point. Mm -hmm. So there is, like, hope for her at this point. But literally, once she gets to Oregon, her letters are sent back and her phone calls are, like, not picked up. Like, he's done, done. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, leads us to what happens next and why we're here and why Diane Diamond Diamond is infamous and why we know her. You just called her Diane Diamond. Oh, shit. That's a crime reporter. <laughs> I mean, they're the same fucking D&D. D&D. Okay. And why Diane Downs is infamous, why we're here, um, and why we all know her. So she moved to Oregon. She gets an apartment. Basically, her parents are watching her kids all the fucking time. Yeah. They, After Danny work, they like, mom. uh-huh, they pretty much eat dinner every night at the parents' house. Literally and- every night, yeah. Somewhere along the way, she's calling Lou a million times, begs him to, like, be with her, and then visits him and, like, gives – I'm not getting into that. Yeah. There's so many yeah. things. That she are- goes back to Arizona at one point to return a piece of jewelry that Lou had given her as, and, like, like, a symbol of love. For and she's like, he's oh, done with here. Her. Yeah. So- and she brings that box of dried roses. But, yes, anywho. Oh, Diane, Diane, Diane. And she literally, like, stalks him on his mail route, by the way. I just want to throw that out there just because She pops out. And that's not even the first time she does that to somebody that she – well, whatever. Okay, so – Okay, not going into it. (laughs) There's so many things that we could send out. I could literally just talk about every single detail because it's all so fucking ridiculous. But, yeah. So now she's, like, back. She realizes that her and Lou are done. He's done with her. Right, back in Um, Oregon. And – so, yeah, so on the night of May 19th, 1983, Diane has her three kids in the car with her. She has this, like, ad from a newspaper for a horse that apparently her, like, friend, her acquaintance, um, Heather, was, like, looking to buy a horse. And Heather apparently doesn't have a phone. And so Diane decides at, like, 8.30 at night to go drive out to the country to drop off this newspaper clipping. And it's like a Thursday night, mind you. Like the kids had and school. It's, yeah. Um, it's a she school night. She's and she goes, they drive out there, knock on the door, and they're like Heather's like, Oh no, we actually just ended up getting a horse. So like the kids are playing with the horse, they chit chat for a little bit, and Diane and the kids leave. Sometime after 9 30, they leave Heather's house, and then they end up at the hospital. Right. The next thing, the where we actually are introduced in the book is this part where is at this point. This is how the book uh, starts. Yeah, the hospital. We kind of meet like the staff again. The details of these people, but we meet the staff, and then we hear that there is a woman outside honking her horn and yelling for help. Yeah. And when the staff rushes out, um, Danny's shot in the back seat. He was shot in the chest. And uh, this is just before ten thirty, mind you. Um, Right. Christy's shot in the chest. She's in the back seat. Cheryl, they don't see her at first because she's in the front seat on, like, the floor. The floor. floor. 
under... covered up with a postal service jacket. So they're pulling uh, Danny and Christy out, and then the doctor happens to glance. And no one actually, he thinks that the nurse saw her. No one sees her for like a minute or two because he thinks the nurse saw her. She didn't. And then Diane is like, what about Cheryl? And that's when they get uh, mm-hmm. Cheryl into the hospital. Unfortunately, Cheryl's already dead. And at this point, they're actively working to bring Christy back from the brink of death. Yes. And Danny is barely holding on himself. So it is, Anneril does an amazing job, as heart-fucking-breaking as it is. She has an amazing job of capturing the chaoticness and sadness around this part. And it's just so fucked up. These little, little babies. Yeah. And I didn't even... So I have, like, a recollection of this. I don't even know when I first heard about this. It seems like I've always known this. Right. But I didn't really know that all that Cheryl was the only one that died. Because I felt like they all died. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered the rest of the story. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so Cheryl is unfortunately gone. Uh, the story at this point is that a man was standing in the middle of the road and Diane stopped to help him because she thought he might need help. Mm-hmm. He asked her for her keys. She says, you've got to be kidding me, which comes up a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, he leans in and knows that the kids are in the car and shoots all three kids, including Cheryl, who's on the like floor. Like hidden underneath the jacket because she's asleep. Right, and then Diane fakes throwing the keys, and he shoots her in the arm, and then she takes off and ends up at the hospital. That's the first thing that we hear has happened to these kids, mm-hmm. which is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And it takes no time at all for everyone else to figure out that it's bullshit from the, like, and, almost beginning. And I was just about to say something along those lines. It is, like we're saying, this is how the book opens. So if you're familiar with the case, you already kind of know how it ends. But right. Anne Rule, like, started uh, demonstrating how a lot of these, like, doctors and nurses and hospital workers were already, like, seeing, like, suspicions. And mm-hmm. one of the nurses is, ta- like, talking about how when they're working on, uh, I believe it's Cheryl, uh before they wanted to kind of like admit that it was too late. She was already gone. So they're trying to get the blood out of her lungs and the uh, blood has already started to coagulate. And the nurse like in her mind says it was very weird because in the ER, that's not something you really see. Usually in the ER, you're dealing with actively bleeding, like active bleeding blood. I don't know how that works. No, they kept like taking blood clots out of her yeah. like, and the blood was already blood like clotting yes and coagulated when it, when it like that's yeah. not usually what we see so there like and rule was already like demonstrating how people were right and i think you have to, antennas you're, were raised you're doing it anyways with situation even though they're desperately just trying to focus yeah. on saving these kids lives you're i think you're trained to clock everything mm-hmm. and i want to say like I don't think anyone – there's no manuscript on how you grieve. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's just general – general, not rules, but, like, things that happen when your kids have been killed. <laughs> like, in general, yeah, and that's the you're going to be upset. I say that, too. Like, you can't base somebody's guilt on the way they 
they like, react to cry or to, don't cry or do yeah. this or don't do that because everybody does grieve differently. But all three of your kids were just shot. At this point, the doctors have told you that one of them is dead. You've been shot, even if it she is. Says that they don't tell her until much later. Oh, okay. She doesn't know that Cheryl's dead until much Why, later. Right. Even though it, it and says at first that she doesn't... walked into the room where Cheryl's mm-hmm. body was. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. either way, you have to at least know that your kids are close to death at that point. Yeah. Um, because you you saw them. You saw the state they were in. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And she, according to, like, all the staff members there that were part of this, she wasn't, like, showing, like, any type of emotion. Right. And it wasn't like she was shocked and, like, things didn't penetrate. It was, like, everything penetrated. She just had no reaction. Yeah. To it. So it was, it's different than maybe you can't process it versus you know what happened and yeah. you're okay with it that it is happening. And there's just so many little things that she did that we can't and even. And even, not even just like, so you take this very first night as it's happening and maybe you could look past that. But then as mm. time goes on, there's all these little things that she says that she does. And it's just like, okay, maybe you were in shock at the hospital. That, okay. Right. We can move past that, but then just some of the other stuff that Right. So we're moving on going. from uh, please get called. They come in. Um, they take Diane and her dad out to where she says this man shot mm-hmm. them. She's kind of like laughing and joking. And the big thing that comes up is that for Diane, they weren't allowed to cry as kids. So yeah. it does come off as uh, laughing. And I've seen that. Like my brother used to do that. Yeah, my cousin does that does too. That. When she's he'll like get nervous. In trouble uh-huh. and be, yeah, and he'll laugh. laugh. But mm-hmm. it was m- even more than that, kind of. And I, there are exactly clips of because her when people, reenacting. yeah, because when people do that, you know, they'll like ask you a question like, oh, did you do this? And they'll be like, huh, no, but it's not like the way she was doing it. Like, right. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. different. You can tell. But, um, yeah, so she goes out to the scene of the crime. They can't find this gun. There's, like, they actively try and pursue her story for a little while. And yeah, they looking. do go on, they, like, a search yeah, for this So it's not like man. they are completely tunnel vision right away. And they look for this gun, and they can't find the gun. And then things just start to click. And, like, you're not outside seeing this. It's her story is that between the time yeah. that she left Heather's in the hospital, the reason they were she on claims she, they liked yeah. to She claims they left around 9.50, and they're driving, and she likes to take the back roads. And, yeah, they're going sightseeing. Mind you, What you left at t- close to 10 o'clock at night, so it's pitch mm-hmm. black in the Oregon, like, country. And she take she decides to go down this road she's like never gone down before, and right. that's where she, she sees this six man. Six weeks ago is when she moved to this town yeah. that she hadn't lived in before. She visited but hadn't lived in, and she's just riding on these roads. And somehow this man knew that she was going to be there ahead of time enough to know that he needed to be in the middle of the road yeah. to stop her. And, and there her was down. like this apparently this car, this, this suspicious yellow, yellow yeah. car. That stuck out to her. And yeah, so that's like how her story starts. And it just like all these other 
stories. Yeah, there's a happen. million things that don't make <laughs> sense, and the police don't believe her, but they can't. It starts a long battle between. Oh, here's my question. Okay, so it starts a long battle between the prosecution and the police officers, and yeah. the cops are like, hey, you have to arrest her. Like, we know she did it. And the prosecution is like, hey, if we arrest her and take her, because Oregon has, like, a very speedy right yeah, to trial. Yeah, it's, like, only, like, 60 or 90 days. Yeah, it's very, very quick. So they have to have that evidence and be ready to go to trial, or she will be acquitted, and they can't retry, retry her. It. So I understood that completely. I understood both sides. Like, mm-hmm. you want someone who's done this to three kids to yeah. be, uh, you know, held accountable, but you also don't want to fuck up that chance that you have and have her risk double jumping and mm-hmm. get away with them. Oh, here's what I didn't know. And this, at least at this time and in this state, I didn't know they assigned prosecutors literally from the beginning of the crime. I thought the cops, like, sussed it out, did what they had to do, and then when they were ready to go to trial, gave it over to the prosecutors, and then a prosecutor was assigned. Well, I think maybe because they knew it was a crime regardless. Maybe that's why. Oh. Because regardless if it was Diane or a bushy-haired stranger. Right. uh, a murder took place. A, somebody this, was murdered. True. I didn't think so. About that's that. probably why. Because we just get the prosecutor's name is Fred Hugie, and he is such an important role to this. And we do get Anvil does such a great job yeah. telling his story in this. Uh, he's literally there in the hospital room of Christy and Danny he, from the get go, and yeah, cares he so goes, much about. He goes them. there the very next day. The very next and morning, just, May 20th. And, and sits for days on end and keeps, like, when he's not actively helping look for strangers or doing something like Casey's in these children who he's never met before, uh, hospital room to look after them and take care of them and make sure they're protected and it's crazy. Yeah. And he doesn't even really form an actual, like, speaking relationship with them to, like, much yeah. later on. It's very just, like, standoff connection at right first. because we learned that um danny is eventually he's paralyzed from the chest down and he doesn't he's in a coma for a long time because mm-hmm. his body's still healing and then christy when she was shot suffered a seizure so her speech a stroke. was oh was it no i think it was both actually. oh was it both okay yeah but, but either way she 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 did the stroke is what messed her up more yeah but i remember them saying the seizure she, i'm sure she messed did. with her brain anyways um so she suffered a stroke and it messed with her vocal cords or something mm-hmm. it, or in her brain, like her ability to talk. So for days, Christy is old enough to vocalize what happened, but she can't vocalize yeah. what happened because she was shot and then her speech is gone now. Mm-hmm. So they're basically this hold up in trying Diane is waiting for Christy to be ready enough to say yeah. Because not only with her speaking, but with the trauma too, uh, getting those memories to come back and having her be mentally healthy enough to talk about it. And and that's one thing I loved. Um, And again, this might be how Anne wrote it, but it seemed like everyone from cops to prosecution to people around them, their doctors and nurses really cared about not just getting like justice for them and trying them and pushing them, but taking care of them and creating a, an environment where they're going to be safe and protected and happy and healthy and, and as much as they can be for the rest of their life. So that I thought that was amazing because yeah. not every kid gets that, gets that chance. I agree. Yeah. So they're in a limbo state for a while. And mm-hmm. in this limbo state, Diane is constantly on the press constantly. So she finds a 
side effect. Lou's done with her completely. It doesn't do what she wants it to do with yeah. Lou, which is get rid of her kids and be with Lou. That doesn't happen, but she finds an unexpected, uh, unexpected side effect in that she starts to love the attention she gets from yeah. the press. <laughs> At this point, the public is on her side. Yes. Even though the cops and prosecutors know that she did this thing yeah. to have, like, the evidence to prove. They're not sharing that because you can't. So the public is like, this poor mother, like, you have to find this stranger that jumped out of nowhere and shot mm-hmm. kids. Like, you cannot be doing this. So... She's getting everything she ever wanted yeah. from this, which I don't think she thought about in the first place, but now she is soaking it up and loving it and yeah. wants to be everywhere over the media. Yes. Like, and this is when, like, some of those – that when I was talking about, like, maybe you could take that first night in the hospital and chalk it up to shock. Right. But then mm-hmm. she does – a thousand of these interviews and you can go watch so many of them and yeah i did like i watched her these little things and one of them like obviously we're not going to go into everything she says because we'd be here all day but one thing one of the thousands of things that stuck out to me it was in one of like her earlier interviews she was talking and she was saying how people were saying like she was lucky because she only got shot in the arm and she says oh i don't feel lucky i couldn't tie my shoes for a month i couldn't she says yes and then it extends into and then, yes. i don't feel lucky i couldn't tie my shoes for a month i think my kids, my kids were lucky were because lucky. if i had been shot like them they would all i wouldn't dead. have gotten yeah. to the hospital and i you know i'm just they're lucky that i wasn't dead and like yeah what what the yeah. fuck are you tra- yeah there's just nothing there's even oh my god there's even a, I don't know if it was in her, because she keeps these detailed diaries. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. something that the prosecution eventually uses to kind of prove, hey, she had motive to kill her kids. Yeah. But it's either in her diary or in her interview, she says about Cheryl, because remember, Cheryl was kind of like her colicky, finicky baby. Uh-huh. She's like, I think they're forgetting that Cheryl was not an easy kid. Like, Cheryl wasn't an angel. She says something like that along the way. It's kind of like Cheryl deserved it. Like yeah. you're forgetting that she's not right. sm- that this child that was yeah. murdered. Seven year old baby. <sighs> yes. So we can't yeah. go into So that's, that's exactly says. what I was like getting to. Like, okay, maybe that was shock, but all this shit after, like yes. cause this goes no, on you're for 100% almost right. a year. And yeah. yes, like a, no, uh, a, gr- uh, a time of exactly. grievance is could last very long, but like not her shock. shock like that from that night wouldn't. You be could even be in denial for a while, but that's not what that but is. But that's for exactly. Her. It's like exactly, and she just starts from the beginning and spirals into story after story of um. Okay, so there's this one dude, but then there's two dudes, but then she changes the way the man looked because they were like, right. oh, maybe it was this guy, but her composite sketch didn't and match then, that guy, so yeah. she changed it. And then her brother says, like, oh, we just wanted to see if you would react to it. It's not really what the guy looked like. It it was literally a giant game, and it was disgusting, and and I can't. But eventually they get to this interview that they call the hardball interview, and she says – eventually she gets pissed off and says, oh, I know who did it. Uh, Steve got his way and kind of, like, says that it's Mm -hmm. Steve killing the kids, and – they're like, oh, but you're not going to tell us who did it. She's like, nope, I'm not going to tell you who did it. Bye. And walks and stands yeah. out the Like, she's so callous about it all. Like, yeah. 
and immature and so ridiculously frustrating. She's like being petty, like because they're yes. being rude to her. So she's like, I'm not going to tell you who did it because you're being mean. Meanwhile, if you knew who did this, they killed your fucking kid and tried to kill your other mm-hmm. two kids. And you're, but you're so set on the people wanting to find the act, the police wanting to find the real person who did this. Oh, you're wasting your time on me when you could be out finding the real person who did this. But you, bitch, you you know his name? I hate her so much. I hate her so much. Like, and the thing, okay. It's a fucking obvious that she did this. It's fucking obvious that her stories keep treated. For someone who is apparently so smart, you have to know that the way you're doing this, everyone's going to know you did it because there's no consistent story. There's no consistent facts. And then she'll claim that she, because some, like, uh, effect from when she was, like, sexually abused as a child is sometimes she goes into these periods of, like, blacking out to kind of, like, dissociate. And so she, there's, like, a apparently a period of time that she doesn't remember from this night of the shooting. She remembers this, she remembers that, but doesn't remember this. But they'll, like, ask her, like, Oh, well, how, when you got in the car, how fast did you take off? Like, oh, I'm not sure. But then she'll remember that it was quote unquote fast enough for the door to close itself. So, and then she says later (laughs) that she does remember because there's this missing gap of time. She says, oh, I pulled over to balance my checkbook and to talk to Christy a little bit and like decide what I was going to do. And that's what happened. It brought me, and that's where that time went. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, she's just trying to figure out all these little things to make like the timeline fit the timeline. But it's like, why would you go and balance your checkbook in the middle of fucking nowhere in a dark ass car at night night with your three kids sleeping in it? Like, go home and fucking do that. You were, I think, like they say that she was like two miles from her house or something. Yeah, she wasn't far from her house. She was super close to the hospital too, which ends up being a thing because. She's super close to the hospital. There's this gap of time. But eventually we learn that there's a witness who came upon her after the shooting happened and she was going slow down the road. She yes. wasn't speeding. She wasn't trying to get like attention or help. She was going slow to a point where they had to pass her. Yeah, they followed her for two tenths of a mile for seven minutes, six to yeah. seven minutes. And so. she was going so so. In my head, she was literally just waiting for the kids to yes. die. Like she or wanted to make close, it look exactly. Yes, as she wanted to make it look like she was trying to race to save their life, but she wanted to make sure they were dead yes. when she got there. And she just couldn't take up any more time because she couldn't explain any more time to say. Yes, or maybe she saw the car see her and was like, "Okay, now I have to get the kids right. off because someone saw me." And then she claims that she might have been driving slow because she didn't know those roads well and they were twisty and turny. But it's like it would take it takes you almost 10 minutes to go two tenths of a mile, two tenths of a mile, almost 10 minutes. You could run faster than that. I I don't even run and I could run faster than that. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, come on. It just does, right, it so doesn't make sense. We got to move on just because there's 6,000 things that we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, God. So we come to – eventually we come to the trial and Diane is arrested because Christy eventually becomes um, comfortable and confident enough to say that her mom mm-hmm. shot her and her brother and sister. And the trial part of the book was a little bit – anything I think I've learned from our last book in this one, um, I enjoy reading the trial parts of the right. book, but it's – 
just a rehashing of what we already know from the first parts of the book. Right. So I don't know. Maybe if maybe if the main part was the trial part or the main part was the story and then the trial part was like, a li- I don't know. But the trial part basically is just exactly what we've already talked about. And what you would expect, too. Honestly, yeah. it's 100% Fred, what you would expect. Fred Hughie basically just goes balls to the walls to um, prove that Diane did this. Diane's very callous and like they go so far the prosecute like the state they have like a full reconstructed version of her car they have Mm life-size dolls of the kids like heights and weights and they have like the holes where the bullet holes were to show like how this gun would have had to have been fired and from relatively what range like how close and they pull out all the stops. <laughs> they pull out all the stops, and they also um, really try to make it a safe environment for Christy. They meet yes. with her a couple of times beforehand. He tries to take like a care of her and be like, hey, I'm here for you no matter what. And just her testimony is gut-wrenching because it's just – you can see this little girl so confused on why your mom did this, but also these lawyers are coming at her – the job of the defense, again, for the millionth time, I get that it has to be a thing. But to just badger a kid and try to... Especially when you know that she is still not... Her brain is still not functioning the way it was before this happened. Yeah. And for them to purposefully try to... Confuse, confuse her and make her, her look like she like, doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. It's like, come on, I know you have disgusting. a client, but that's a fucking kid, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We missed a part in all of this. Is that Diane is pregnant again, guys? Surprise. Oh, yeah. Surprise. 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 During this, she was arrested, decided to get pregnant again, did get pregnant again from a, well, like a very brief thing. He wanted nothing to do with her, nothing to do with the baby, yeah. sign the rights away. So this entire time, there's this trial happening, and she's literally about to give birth yeah. to this baby. And she says it's like, nothing can take away Cheryl's like memory, but this is like, Basically, it's a, like a replacement, replacement. for Cheryl. And Let's she's confident that she's going to get off and get have this baby and keep this baby. And have Christy and Danny back. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we kind of gloss over that. But just because, like, she's been pregnant. <laughs> There's yeah. so many pregnancies. And, and to her, they're, like, it's not even about yeah. the child. So, I so. <laughs> wanted to get within that is that um so she is basically pregnant to replace christy and like have her family back quote unquote and to use it as a tool to look better for the jury like yeah 100 but at the at his closing argument uh hugie says that children and people but mostly children her children and diane's life are fungible so mm-hmm. it's not about again what they what she can give to them in a life she can build with them it's that they're interchangeable and everything is about what they give to her yeah and it it really nails it and yuki does a great job of prosecuting this case mm-hmm. honestly and i really think like obviously don't i hope he didn't do anything to get canceled between them and yeah now. but <laughs> well I, th- I think something that too that is worked really well for, in his favor is that during this whole like investigation Mm-hmm. Diane viewed the bad the bad guys like to be the police officers oh, and the yeah. detectives, yeah, yeah. and it mentions it so many times. She didn't even like think about Fred Hughie, right. and all she did was like think of him as this like little she's man. She's not interacting she with was, him like, until the courtroom, exactly. And at 
first, like, in her, because she was on the stand for like days. Oh, yeah. And she's talking talking to him. And a lot of her testimony at first is very like, he's catching her a lot and she's not like outsmarting him. And then she's realizing that. And then you could see like her Yeah, she thinks he's dumb at first and Uh she thinks she's smarter and she's going to be fine. So it's something that definitely like worked in his advantage. And he like knew like that she wasn't he wasn't on her radar and he like right and he was he fine with knew it. exactly he was the like, type hey. of person she was mm-hmm. and he used all the tools he had to like in his questioning and in like interrogating on the stand like to try to get her to crack to show her and as the true woman that in she a way was. that she didn't know that she was doing yeah he kept her talking in a way that spun back to exactly this is what i'm truly he like, knew, yeah. like he had to kind of keep it on diane like he yeah realized her <laughs> yeah he knew if he can get her to just keep talking she'd fuck up and she did. Uh-huh. i and mean did. it didn't take long for her to do it and uh, something yeah. the one of the things too that kind of like nailed the coffin closed was that towel that we didn't fully talk oh, yeah. about. Well, because it in the book it does it very well. It does yeah. it mentions that there's and a then towel, it, like, there's something c- happening in the towel, and then cuts to the eventually tr- we learn it in Hughie's closing argument uh-huh. that she had to have prepared this towel. Because yes, she has for when the she blood shows pattern up, to she match. has this beach towel wrapped around her. And at mm-hmm. some point during the drive, she claims that she wrapped it up, but she doesn't even remember when she right. did it. She just grabbed this towel from when they went to the beach and wrapped it. And they have this evidence, and they're trying to figure it out there because there's there's like a blood pattern on it. So they're trying to figure out how this towel was, and eventually, like they figure out that it was like nice and neatly folded into like a bandana shape, mm-hmm. and they believe that she had her arm already on the towel, shoots her arm, and then puts the towel over it like already prepared so that's definitely yeah. and telling that was like because a, it's not yep. this towel that's just like flung around her arm right because if you are shot you're gonna grab for something it may be if you even do that grab for something and I just, just like have it, it your, on you're, you. not you're not gonna, gonna take, take the, time the time to fold it up and while your children are dying in the back yes. where you can hear your son gasping and wheezing for breath yeah no. so yeah so, i really think yeah, Again, she just got if caught, I just read like... the <laughs> if I just read the court transcript, I think I would have been just straight up stuck in this case because that court, uh, Hughie, <sighs> Diane, all of it. Yeah, I mean, you get so much from the court. Be I think because of the amount of time Diane spends on the stand, so all the stories that they go over throughout this, you kind of get it all in a nutshell, like right there with Diane, because yeah. Yep. She's just fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, and I'm surprised they come back and uh, convict her of killing And Cheryl it takes them some attention. time, so they were getting worried. They were like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> it only takes some time, though, because they, I think they, what, it was one charge that they were confused about. For, I Was it murder or was it... There was just one thing yeah, that they couldn't agree I don't remember on. what it oh, was. Oh, that's what it, No, what I think it was murder because they had already agreed to the lesser charges. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I think it was murder. Um, And so they were, yeah, getting a little anxious. And Diane was getting, like, a little, like, confident that she was going to be done and over with and out to give birth to her child before she got, you know, 
sentence, but no. <laughs> um, she comes back as they come back as uh, finding her guilty. She's sentenced to a bunch of years in prison. Um, and, and the judge does everything in his power to make sure she will be. This in- is his first. We skipped over that. Oh yeah, again, like, just, first- this is his first murder child. <laughs> yeah. He's a relatively Holy young. Shit to they have talk about that how the whole court, like is the whole young. Court yeah, is a relatively young, like the DA prosecutor, yeah, prosecutor, yeah. The, the defense, defense attorney, attorney, Diane, Diane the and judge, the judge sorry. are all relatively young. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and he's just like, I can't control what the parole boards will do in the future when you are eligible for parole. But what I can do is ensure you'll be in jail for as long as possible before that happens. Right. <laughs> So basically, he gave her everything he could legally give yes, her. Yes, he gave her the max of what he could, and right, I it would be two thousand and nine at that point before, before she, she had could. a chance, right? And that's where the book originally <laughs> <really> ends. Ends. <laughs> then we still get. I have looked down at my thing, and it said I had an hour and a half left in the book, and I was like, "What the fuck could actually be happening?" I did not Guys, know this happened, so this was I did not fun either. for me to read. So eventually she does give birth um, and the baby's taken away from her, obviously. Uh, what did she decide later, to change the baby? Oh, Amy? Yeah, it was like Amy. Yeah. It was Amy Elizabeth. Yeah. Versus um, Charity. Versus Charity Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Anyways. That's, right. that's how I actually, now that I'm saying that, that's how I actually first heard about the story was there was a 2020 interview with, oh, the, with baby the daughter. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I first heard about the story. It was like Diane Downs is my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the baby that you know was given birth to in jail. And, yes. Uh, so she's sentenced, gets taken to the jail, and then escapes. Guys. And then escapes. And there's a whole other fucking section about how she is in love with all these rapist and yeah she like has a prison correspondence with the i5 killer one of the because there's like well yeah (laughs) randy woodfield that one and then she like gets out she she, yeah she she like hops up with another woman's husband her like (laughs) friend in prison husband helps her escape like so to speak he like lets her into their little like house and she ends up banging him she's out for like what i think it's like either seven, seven or twelve days yeah she's, like, she's out for a little while she's not out for a whole 11 life. days like, searching... i think it was i think it was 11 yeah days. it was sometime between there they're searching the whole fucking country because no one can find yeah her, so they're they like did she go to far. arizona to kill she's Lou. literally in like a two mile radius of the prison yeah. she doesn't go anywhere she goes to this house full of guys and bangs a lot of them and I'm only saying that because she's fucking disgusting. But then she, like, is... ends up falling in love with her Says, prison. quote, unquote. Yeah. Because she falls in love with the fucking everyone. Well, the prison mate's husband falls in love with her. He falls in love with her. Yeah. And says they're going to get eventually and it, like, get married And, like, pisses off her stuff. prison mate. And... Well, yeah. Fucking pisses well, yeah, me Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> you but she's... to go out and bang my husband? What the fuck? They know that she's, like... She can't be in like Oregon anymore. Like Fred Hughey doesn't want her there because at this point he adopted Christy and Danny, and he's only living an right. hour and I a half. I was gonna come back to that. Like Fred fucking Hughey, yeah. hero of the goddamn yeah, day. Yeah, in up the very beginning, we babies. learned 
did not him and his wife actively chose to never have yeah, kids because they were career oriented. Yes. But he makes this huge connection with Christy and Danny and, and yeah. ends up being their parents. And yes. that's so amazing. And he's I wanted like, to end I, with that because it's oh, so well, funny. Can, but <laughs> no, but no, no. It's want Diane only within yeah, two hours. And he's because like they think when she escapes that she's gonna make yeah. it. she had made a comment about showing up on his doorstep. Yeah, she and, said like, when she gets out, that's the first back. thing she's gonna do. Because she still is like at that point hoping she probably still is but anywho and so they're like they do what they have to do and apparently it wasn't even that hard to do oregon was like yeah let's get her out of here too so they made this well deal. no it was no one wanted her and yeah. they had to make a deal with a jersey. Deal, jersey for two of them they yeah they're like you can have these two one and, of and yeah now she's in california no, she's in California. I think um, stay tuned for our first things first, and we'll do like a yeah. after the book update on Diane. Downs. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, but but yeah, yeah, that that's where the book actually ends. An hour and a half. Yeah, after she was a little prison escapee. You cannot. I was going to say you cannot write a book <laughs> like you can't make this. You can't actual. If you were writing a. A fiction, fiction about this you wouldn't add that many details no i'd be like this is way too much this is no this is just stupid that would never happen that's what i would say while and reading it we're at i don't know like an hour and a half or maybe so i don't know we're we're pretty far into the story um we're at the end obviously but we told you six thousand details there are six thousand there's more. so like, much we leave. could yeah. not get and everything honestly, and we say that a lot but this is over the top yes it. and honestly not that they're all like important because no, everything is scheme of this isn't, but everything is just like like I don't know, like shocking, but not. Yes. It's like, <laughs> so like no, is that I really read, super shocking? I get what you're saying no, because but, I read oh it. God, so you yeah. guys, if you want to know, you have to read it just because it's I there's no way to actually take you. Yeah, step like by it's step. just hard to fathom. It really truly yeah. is. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Okay, so stay tuned for – we don't know how to end that because yeah. the book didn't even end in a place where Way we're to like, go, okay. Fred Hugie for taking in those yes, babies. Fred fucking Hugie coming in and creating a healthy, safe environment for and these kids. And I'm, I'm saying that now, and I pray to God we don't get the first thing first and he ends up being a dick bag. But yeah. um, I'm hoping we find out from the Downs kids, well, the Hugie kids that – he was a good and loving father to them because I need that after yeah. reading this book. I agree. And the detectives too, that worked very hard too. Oh yeah. I mean, thought, like we don't get often get to say like, Hey, good fucking job. And you did everything you could do. And you did like an amazing job and never gave up until it, and they it did. happened. And they wanted, yeah, they all so. wanted to protect those kids. Yeah. So good. It gives I mean, you hope after hope. this trash bag of a human fucking being did this awful thing to her kids. It gives you hope that there were people like that to help put them back together again. Yeah. And that's where we're going to end. Yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next week, where we go over what happened after the book. Yeah. And where Diane Downs is now and what's happening with her. So if you so haven't I mean, read it can- yet, like read it and. Yeah, and then you could f- figure out what's going on after like we will. <laughs> it's just crazy. Read it. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.